This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back, everyone. It is your host and biggest fan, Jeff Hancher, and I am on a mission to help others turn the pressure into potential. Today, we have Hancher's How To's 23 coming right at you. Uh, you may have known that by the music if you are a listener of the show, but for those of you that are new to the show, Hancher's How To's, it's designed to give these quick leadership nuggets that I pull from recent coaching conversations, consulting meetings, and some of our online virtual groups. These are what I would call real-time leadership moments. And uh, I want to jump into the first how-to by giving it a little bit of title. And the title of the first how-to, I would title it Progress Over Perfection. And I, hey, look, I might have wrote this one for me, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I have suffered from perfectionism, uh, I think, when since I came out of the womb. Um, man, I opened up uh, why this one came to me. I opened up a recent executive coaching conversation by having an executive tell me that they were so frustrated because. All they'd been doing lately was disciplining people and holding people accountable. And I started asking a series of discovery questions, and it became very clear to me that I was dealing with a leader that was dealing with some perfectionism issues. And believe me, I'm an expert. I have the best radar on perfectionism of anybody because I I know the traits very well because I carry them. Uh, One of the pushbacks I get whenever I emphasize progress over perfection is this assumption that I'm suggesting we provide less excellent results. And the perfectionist hates to hear that. Uh, Make no mistake, I I am all in on some healthy accountability, and I certainly love to achieve excellent results. But perfectionism as a leader can become very toxic in your culture. You may be listening, and you don't even know that this is your leadership brand. You, you might not even know. The perfectionist leader, uh, they generally tend to be a high performer. And they're people who have kind of risen through the ranks quickly. They're well regarded in their organization. They have a track record of success. And so given all these positive traits, it's difficult to understand how can this perfectionism thing be bad? How can this be bad? I mean, look how look how well it's working for me. But the perfectionist leader is also someone who might be fearful and averse to risk. Why? Because you don't want to rock the boat. Uh, They're probably very self-critical as well as they're critical to other people. They tend to get angry. They're short-tempered. They might get frustrated by the apparent lack of progress. And the the perfectionist is a procrastinator. They, they're not decisive in making decisions, um, and, and there's a, a lot of reasons for this. But as you can imagine, these traits, they're not going to serve you well as a leader uh, in your quest for success. 
as many people would attest, it's very stressful to work under a perfectionist. Not not every one of us has the same expectations of ourselves or has set the same standards for the work that we do. But when you have a leader who sets unrealistic expectations of output from their team, you have the beginnings of a very, very big problem. And if you're a perfectionist and you're listening, you have this mindset all the time of like, why don't they just care as much as me? Why don't they just work as hard as me? Why doesn't everybody just do it like I do it? And therein lies the problem. Intolerance for mistakes, uh, unrealistically high standards. These are some of the traits. Lack of appreciation and encouragement. Now, that sounds like I'm calling you a monster. Uh, this, listen, this isn't intentional. You don't show a lack of appreciation and encouragement because you don't care for people. It's just not even top of mind. I mean, let's just take the hill. Let's bleed. Let's sweat. Let's go. And why isn't everybody wanting to do that? Um, why do you need a big old thank you when, I mean, I'm just assuming we all care the same. You're probably overly critical. You're probably a micromanager. Um, and procrastinator, to name a few. And as with anything that requires reprogramming, overcoming perfectionism, it's going to take time. And here's some areas that I would tell you that I would recommend that you focus on. And again, I, if there's anybody that you should listen to about this subject, it's me. Um, and these are things I work hard on. I'm not here to tell you I've arrived. I got a long way to go. Just email my team. They'll probably tell you that th- th- that is true. Learning to become vulnerable. Th- this is a big one. Uh, you know, if you want to reprogram a little bit, become vulnerable by sharing your mistakes rather than trying to hide them. You don't have to be perfect. And whenever you're a little bit vulnerable, people start to realize you're not a robot, that you're actually a human being. Admitting when you're wrong and asking for help. Now I'm starting to hit some nerves. So you're telling me, Jeff, you want me to tell people when I'm wrong. Yeah, and go a step further and ask them for help. Try new things and ask others for feedback on how you're doing. As the leader, yeah, as the executive, yeah, as the business owner, do that. Relax your expectations from others and, and, and letting things fall where they may always remember, like, especially at the executive level, you got to be asking yourself, am I the only one that can do this? And if it doesn't, if it fails, can I live with it? Some things are going to fall where they may. You might need to relax your expectations a little bit. Give compliments freely. Appreciate efforts by others. And when you can do it in public, recognize in public. Now, look, I'm going to tell you something crazy, and this is going to be like, wow, you gotta, you gotta write yourself a reminder for that. Yeah. There was a time in my life, literally I would put a calendar invite and I would put reminders. Um, who do you need to thank? Who do you need to recognize? Who do you need to appreciate? And I would sprinkle them throughout my calendar for the month. Now that seems insane. Like, how about this, Jeff? How about you actually appreciate people and have a heart? I'm telling you, I I guess I'm not the one to say this. I do truly care for people. I just get running so fast in this, I lose sight of it. And maybe that's you too. Practice delegating more by finding the right people for each task and deciding on the level of your own involvement. You don't have to carry the whole load. Empower and delegate. Learn to say no 
on regarding taking on too much. This is the, a big sign of a perfectionist. I'll just do it myself. I'll just take another thing. Um, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah. You want to try this new strategy? Yeah. Should we buy that company? Yeah. Should we? Yeah. 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 And next thing you know, you're getting burnt out. You're getting frustrated and you're looking at everybody around you and you're calling them lazy because they're not working 89 hours a week, right? Learn to say no on taking on too much. And the last one that I would tell you is a big one for the perfectionist leader. Prioritize employee well-being and work-life balance. This is so important and it can be so missed because you don't prioritize it yourself. You probably don't prioritize your own well-being and you probably don't do well at prioritizing work-life balance. You know, I tell this story once of uh, holding one of my senior leaders back the day before Thanksgiving to talk about a strategy, a business strategy on a competition we were trying to win in the company. And I kept him there till like 8 p.m. The night before Thanksgiving, like four weeks later, the guy came in and basically let me have it and was like, I can't do this. This is insane. I know that's how you're wired. I don't even want to have this conversation because I feel like I'm taking a long walk off of a short plank because I know how you're wired. And as he's saying all this, I'm like, you know what? I really did keep him till eight o'clock the night before Thanksgiving. To me, it was like no problem. Like, why wouldn't you? Um, I mean, we have a contest to win here for goodness sake. Right. But I mean, look, I'm a madman. Like I, we have to do this. We have to prioritize other people that not everybody's wired that way. And by the way, we better take a little bit of our own medicine. Like, I don't think that's good for anybody to stay there that late on the day before Thanksgiving. And I get it. Separation season. I'll take the hate mail. But perfectionism can lead to mistrust. It's going to lead to disengagement. It's going to lead to burnout among your team. On the other hand, when you value employee well-being, you foster open communication, and you encourage experimentation and adaptability, it can create a supportive and productive workplace culture. So there's your how-to number one, progress over perfection. How-to number two, foster a culture of continuous learning. I get asked so often by entrepreneurs on how to create competitive advantage. And of course, like I'll sit down with them and I'll go through the 12 steps of, you know, creating a strong value proposition. I'll help them create a really good elevator pitch. I'll help them get ready for launch on marketing and sales strategies. I'll do all those things. And I love doing those things. But my answer is always the same. You're, you're, I believe that every organization's biggest competitive advantage is their people. However, not every leader embraces this thinking. And at times, the leader simply doesn't have this at the top of their mind. I mean, we're not running through our day saying, how can I make people better? How can I make people better? You know, we're mission focused, right? We live in a world where change is the only constant. It's, it's a fact. Things are moving so fast. We have accelerated customer expectations. There's evolving regulations and compliance, ever-expanding advancements in technology. Uh, we have a changing workplace dynamic that's like changes by the week, it seems, at times. And these are just a few of the changes that we all experience as leaders. And a continuous learning culture is key to keeping up with all of this and creating a competitive advantage. And we know, I mean, the, the data is 
crystal clear. Companies that prioritize learning, they're just more successful. I read an article recently that Deloitte put out, and they reported that employers with continuous learning cultures enjoy multiple benefits. Check this out. The companies that prioritize continuous learning, 58% more prepared to meet future demand, 92% more likely to innovate, talk about competitive advantage, 37% greater employee productivity, 34% better response to customer need. Now that's compelling. So if you're the one that's saying we can't afford continuous learning, we don't have time for that, here's your ROI. You can't afford not to. So here's some tips I have seen work well in continuous learning cultures, and I'm giving you the ones that literally cost you very little to nothing. Forget about hiring me to come in and do training. These are things you can do without me. The first one that I used to do a lot, and I loved them, was hold employee-led lunch and learns. Employee-led. So no burden on you. What you do is you ask employees to play a part um, in this learning and development because what you're doing is you're getting the buy-in from your team of the importance of being willing to explore new topics. And, and look, you can do this based off of the need of your team and the need of the people on your team. I used to assign books to employees in their area of opportunity and have them present as a way to retain. And I love this concept because I would have an employee maybe that, you know, they weren't good at time management. So I, I would assign them the book, you know, um, Eat the Frog First. And I would say, I want you to read the book. I want you to create a PowerPoint and I want you to develop a training module. You're going to have 60 minutes. I'm bringing the pizza and hoagies. You're going to present to the entire team of what you learned and how they can get better. <clears throat> Not only was this good for the rest of the team. But it forced that specific employee to really dive in to the content because not only did they have to read the book, but now they had to present it in a way that others could learn from what they learned. This is a great best practice. I'm not saying do it every Wednesday. I'm not saying do it weekly. But I think surely you could do it once a month and you could definitely at minimum do this once a quarter. The next one is to establish small group meetings for peers. Peers. You don't have to be involved in everything. Your, your thumbprint doesn't have to be all over everything. But what you do as a leader is you establish small groups of three to five people who meet weekly for 30 minutes. And this is an opportunity for them to share best practices, collaborate, share challenges and learnings from those challenges that they've had the week prior. And maybe it's not weekly. Maybe it's monthly. Maybe it's not 30 minutes. Maybe it's an hour. I don't know. But your role in this as a leader is to foster what is expected in the meeting and how the meeting should flow to create a think tank to make sure everybody is contributing. But I will tell you, this kind of benchmarking and this kind of open communication, the ideas that come from this are unbelievable. Uh, and, and by the way, it takes you as the leader zero time and it costs you zero dollars other than the lack of productivity, which some of you will say, we don't have an hour. Believe me, you do. When you start seeing the results that come from this, it is absolutely unbelievable. And the fact that there are peers doing it it takes all the pressure off of the boss being there and needing to be impressed. The next one, share informal learning content with your team. This is you, the leader, sharing content that you've learned with your team. 
This is when you go about sharing these short, um, informal learning content, like a podcast, um, a YouTube video that you watched. And you just share something quick in a weekly meeting. So maybe you have a Monday morning meeting and every Monday morning meeting, 10 minutes of that, you're just sharing a quick nugget. Hey team, before we close today, I just want to let you know, I watched this YouTube video and one thing stood out to me and I thought it was applicable to where we are on our journey. Boom, continuous learning. These small regular steps encourage employees to embrace lifelong learning. It's creating a continuous learning culture. It could you you could be sending an email out to your team just saying, "Hey, hey everybody, in your drive sometime this week, just hit this link. I want you guys to listen to this podcast episode. Here was three things that I got out of it that I think we could all benefit from." And then look, you, you, you send this stuff out to them and then you get back to the meeting, the group huddle, and then you ask each of them to share their best gem or acknowledge or, or maybe you're rewarding their participation, but you're asking them, what did they get? And by the way, Hey, shameless plug, the champion forum podcast, you can get the show notes. You can get them emailed directly to you. And if you're not taking advantage of this, you're missing out on a free training opportunity. We have several leaders that currently have their team uh, get the show notes and in their team meetings, hey, let's take 10 minutes and talk about what what we learned with uh, last week's episode of the Champion Forum podcast. The show notes have activity questions, application ideas. Literally, I'm giving you Training in a box, boom, delivered right to your email every single week, cost you nothing, continuous learning. The next one I would tell you is to attend professional development opportunities, seminars, um, webinars, whatever it might be, and share with your team what you've learned. As leaders, we have to lead by example by attending professional development workshops, whatever, that's aligned with what we do. What this does is, you're demonstrating the value to your team that that you value learning. And you're telling not, – not only are you speaking to yourself and proving it, but those around you are also seeing it. And what you're doing then is you go back and you provide a summary of what you've learned. Hey, guys, I went to this uh, workshop over the weekend on time management, and I got this little time management hack I wanted to show to you all. By the way, go check out John Doe. He's an amazing teacher on this subject, whatever. They're like, oh, wow, you know, the boss went, oh, maybe that's what I need to do. What we're doing here is we're normalizing continuous learning at the top and seeing it trickle down. Um, and look, maybe you're looking for those opportunities. I would love to have you in uh, one of our workshops in February. We have the performance management workshop, which is our most requested sales uh, uh, leadership workshop that we have. And we have the sales academy, uh, which is our most requested sales workshop. They're one day events. They're in February. And whether you are the leader of the team or you want to pass this information along to people on your team that need the extra training and the extra support, go to jeffhancher.com. Uh, a, a, a small investment of time and finances, and you're in the room. We would love to have you. The other thing that you can do is ask employees what they've learned this week. That's just a question. What, the, what have you learned this week? You will be amazed at what you hear, but what you're really baking in is accountability. 
as a leader, you should take time in individual and group meetings to pose some of the following things. Uh, you, you tell me about something you learned this week. Tell me, tell me what you guys, what tell me you could do it in group or individual. I like individual because I mean, I'm telling you, it is a spotlight. This drives a continuous learning culture by signaling that the, that you as the leader, you prioritize learning and by putting your team members on notice that they should have something to contribute. They better be able to answer that question. I, and look, I get it. What, I mean, and, and think back to the last 12 months. How many times have, have you been talking to one of the people on your team and you asked them, what have you learned lately? You probably don't ask that question ever. Why? Because you're asking other more important questions. Um, did you get the report in? Did you sell the account? Did you save the customer? Did the order go out? Like, that's what we're doing. And look, I get it. That's what's making your business run. But what if we could create a culture that we're challenging people to get better? This is where productivity comes. This is where innovation comes. And yes, absolutely, this is where your competitive advantage comes. By valuing learning, supporting employees in their learning, and helping them on their journey, organizations can unleash the full potential of their workforce and build a thriving and future-ready organization. There it is. Hanch's How-Tos 23 in the books, in the archives. Progress over perfection and continuous learning. I hope this episode served you well on your mission to lead, inspire, and win. And until next week, keep making big impact and keep turning the pressure into potential. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead, inspire, win.